Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Product in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight on some of the exceptional product leaders we have as part of the LA product community. Very excited for today's episode. We have Matt Goldade with us. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Oh, it's good, Ethan. I'm glad to be here. Uh, super excited for the. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm super excited for this episode. Clearly, uh, I am uh, ready to, to talk to you about some uh, OTT streaming. But before that, let's talk to us to our listeners about the sponsors. Uh, as always, Product in LA is brought to you by Uruit. That's U R U I T dot com. They're a digital product studio with 15 years of experience partnering with companies that want to challenge their industries. Whether their client is a startup or an industry titan, they can provide them with the right blend of creative design and robust engineering to create an experience that people love. They are a team of skilled experts that will help strategize, validate, design, and develop new products or improve existing ones by becoming an extension of the team's company, the company's team. For more information, go to uruit.com. That's uruit, uruit.com. We're also brought to you by the Product Managers Association Los Angeles. They are a 3,000-member organization of LA's top product talent. They put on meetups around town, and they also have a mentorship program where they connect working product managers with students from underrepresented groups to help build a more robust and diverse next generation of product people. To learn more about PMA, go to pma.la, and the mentorship program is pma.la slash mentorship. Our guest today is Matt Goldade. He's the Senior Director of Product Development at Peacock, that's NBC's streaming platform. His past roles include Senior Director of Product Management at DirecTV, and he's held product roles at Disney, Fox, Yahoo, and Oracle. And one interesting fact you might find by perusing his LinkedIn page is he actually owns the patent for interactive alerts for a viewable highlight. So Matt, when I go to watch a, watch a, if I'm watching a game and a little interactive pop-up comes up on my screen and says, you know, Jalen Hurst just threw for a 32 yards and a touchdown. That was you? This is your baby? Uh, yeah. So it was, um, it was uh, actually a collection of a few people. Um, so at DirecTV, we used to, uh, we used to find like Thursdays or Friday afternoons when we were kind of getting ready for the weekend. We'd kind of sit down and think about like, what are some really cool things that we can do? Uh, and then we'd sit around and we'd talk about these various ideas um, that we were either thinking about doing in the product or that we just wanted to do. And uh, we'd, um, we'd, we came up with, you know, it's integrated into NFL Sunday Ticket, uh, exactly what you talked about. And uh, we'd, we'd go through it and we'd put our names on it and then do the submissions. And we would we'd do several like submissions a month um, just to see how many of these things we could get through. That's a fun way to innovate. So just kind of like the way to spend your your you know, Thursday or maybe a slow Friday afternoon with some of your teammates. You guys just kind of kick around ideas. Yeah, it used to be actually Thursday in more particular because it was uh, it was a great way to like end the day on a Thursday heading into the Friday, which is kind of like you know the you know the the little weekend, uh, and so to kind of like uh, just you know set the tone of uh, just sitting around chatting about various things that we were doing. And then you come and come in on the Friday and you kind of just, you know, do some of those ideas and then get yourself ready for the weekend. So yeah, it was, it was a great way to like, and, and your mind tends to be a little freer 
at that time of the week than it does yeah. like at the beginning because you're thinking about all the things that you have to do. So it's a great time to just kind of sit down and, and, and think through those things. And you're also, it's not like a Friday afternoon where you're kind of like one foot out the door, you know, if I end this meeting, I get to, to go home and grab a beer maybe. Thursday's maybe a little more productive, but still a little little looser than maybe a Monday morning or Tuesday. Exactly. That's exactly. great. And uh, just before we leave this, because this is really fun, um, were there any other things that came out of that? Like, is there anything else that I've, I've watched regularly on TV and, you know, came out of one of those meetings? Is there, and, and how many of those, you know, <laughs> patents came out of those meetings? Um, I actually don't recall all the ones cause it was over like an eight year, eight year span that we did, that we did several of these. Um, and it's funny because you, we would submit them and it might be like two years later that we get the recognition notice that like, Hey, this got submitted and accepted as a patent and here's your plaque and your, and your stuff. And we're kind of like, what, what was that for again? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we gave them, as you can see, very technical names on, on many of them. But, um, we, we submitted things like, um, that often got rejected because other companies had already submitted those ideas. Um, one of those being that we were trying to create like a, um, a, a linear timeline of content uh, based off of VOD assets uh, with mm. the understanding that when people open up a, a, a SVOD service, they don't always want to start everything from the beginning. So, you know, some people just want things in the background or you're putting something together in a room or you're, you know, you're, you want something that you're just turning it on and I want an action movie. So just play. I don't, I don't really care what it is. Don't, don't make me start from the beginning. Just throw me in the middle of it. So we were trying to create these like timelines of bought assets that was like, um, but uh, that turned out to be something that somebody else already had the patent to. Yeah. So it like mimics a, a broadcast network. And for those at home, SVOD would be a subscription video on demand service, similar to like a, a Netflix. Oh, yes. I have to forget about all the acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> all, all good. I know there's a lot of them. Well, Matt, very excited to hear about this and you know hear about what you're working on now, but love to learn more about your journey into product. You know, How did you find your way into you know, becoming a video streaming guy? Um, yeah, so I kind of stumbled into it. Um, and and uh, it was, you know, right out, of the, right out of school, I actually went and because um, I had done some internships for Oracle uh, while I was in school. So right after school, I went and uh, worked for them, but I went and uh, started as an instructor for them, uh, teaching um, our software to our customers. Uh, and so I was traveling around the country and going to various education centers. And I'd have like 24 people that come in that were customers and I would teach them about the Oracle software um, and how to code SQL and PL SQL. So I kind of started out in a little bit of a kind of a technical space. Okay. Um, and then after kind of, uh, I had a very unique trip over to actually teach a class in Malaysia. Uh, and then wow. on my way back, they, they asked me to be, so I live in California, mind you. And they uh, asked me to be in Philadelphia on the following Monday. Um, so I, so I traveled back switched suitcases and traveled out to Philadelphia. And on my way back, I decided that um, I didn't want to like travel that much anymore. <laughs> it was pretty intense. Um, so I actually sought out a, um, a position uh, within our product marketing team uh, at Oracle. So, um, and uh, it was by one of those means that I don't know if they always work, but I sent an, or mind you, Oracle is much smaller at the time, but I sent an email to our, uh, chief marketing officer. And I said, Hey, do you have any positions that are in this area? There was no product management at the time. 
Right. Um, and he forwarded on to somebody else and said, would you like to talk to him? And, um, and so then I did that for, for about a year. And then I moved over into um, like special kind of, we had like a special projects team uh, and we were doing um, some kind of new ways of getting Oracle software on smaller devices. And so that kind of started my product management journey because it was mm. really um, in the early days of uh, doing the wireframes, doing the requirements. It was like basically doing everything um, and even mocking it up and creating my own prototype and everything. Uh, and basically sitting side by side with with a couple of developers and, and developing this um, great time uh, and a lot to learn, but my passion had always been in like entertainment right. film. So after... Uh, after about six years there, I actually went to film school um, and uh, to, to date it, it was called digital video intensive. So like <laughs> digital video was new at the time Okay, um, that they actually put it in the title of the, the course. Uh, and I took that and uh, coming out of that after uh, eight months, um, I moved to L.A. and um, Yahoo was moving heavily into the to the entertainment space uh we all know where that ended up but then i kind of navigated my career from yahoo to fox and then to disney um and um you know always enjoying kind of the ever-growing aspect of entertainment and how it blended well with technology and then um i moved over to direct tv now mind you at that time there was no streaming wasn't really a big thing at the time so there right. was no disney plus or anything at disney so i moved over to where there was scale so i moved to direct tv um and uh you know learned a lot there and and uh really got to kind of wrap my head around kind of the the video entertainment business um and then from there brought me over here to uh, peacock yeah and what might get lost or forgotten is just how recent this whole streaming revolution was right and there really wasn't much streaming until you have correct me how, how my timing here, but there really wasn't much streaming on websites until I want to say the mid two thousands to late two thousands. Like YouTube, I don't think was even started until maybe 2010 or 2011. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, and um, I think I came over to direct TV about 2013. So yeah, so it was, we were doing some streaming on when I was at Disney, we were doing some streaming on ABC family, but it was primarily just next day episodes that were also available on like Hulu. Um, and it was just getting started. The a Disney app mm. um, was just kind of starting to gain traction. Um, but we still kind of, it, it wasn't a, a separate subscription service. It was still connected to having a pay TV subscription uh, to get access to that content. So, um, you know, we were several years out from where we are today. Yeah. Those are the days where you had to enter your login information for whatever cable subscriber you had being able to access, uh, the streaming on someone else's site on another, on another person's app. Exactly. That's great. How has it changed? I mean, beyond, beyond now availability, right? Clearly it's available on, you know, from a desktop computer back when it started to mobile sites to, to apps and now, you know, apps everywhere and on every screen you can think of. 
Um, what, what are the biggest changes you've seen in, I guess, maybe how you do product management in the stream, in the entertainment digital space that you've, that you've seen along your journey? Um, oh, that's interesting. That's or interesting not, or is, it, or is it more similar <laughs> than you'd think? Um, well, it is quite, it, it's similar. Um, well, let me go back to like some time at ABC family, which is kind of like where we were, where I was really getting into, um, you know, the video content being the main aspect of what it is that people were coming to our site for. Ooh, um, ooh, before we do that, what, what yeah. were they doing before? So if prior to the video content, you know, how are these websites being used by these properties? So they were primarily being used um, to, well, start with promoting the, the content, the shows okay. to watch. And then there was a big movement into... Um, like subsequent content that went with the video. So think slideshows, articles, okay. just things that were written about the content. And the idea was that that was going to be the driver. It was that people were going to come here and go and consume all that. And then also maybe watch some episodes of, of the content. Yeah. Um, and we had, so on the ABC family homepage, we had, um, it was very content driven. Exactly what I talked to is I'm sorry, very like um, non-video content driven. Yeah. And um, so we had, a, I had a hypothesis because it, we were, there was a high bounce rate from the homepage into the video. And ultimately we then started wanting to drive into video. And I noticed that there wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot of people continuing through into the video. Huh. And so we, so we had a hypothesis that said that, that was, what if the homepage became more video centric and mm. we kind of moved that content onto the secondary pages um, and made the video, the highlight, what would, how would that actually impact the overall viewership and then the growth of the, the site? And um, so we did a, we did a test, we did an AB <laughs> test um, yeah. and just ran it through. And since it was a website, it was real easy to do. Um, and we had, you know, 10% of the audience and then split that and, you know, said, okay, half of that group gets what we have today. And half of that group gets just video on the homepage. Right. And we saw a dramatic increase in the consumption of the video. I, I mean, as you would expect, right. Cause people come there, but that we learned a lot about like, wow, people really come here for the video. They're not necessarily coming here for everything else that's associated with it, that we want them. We thought we, that they wanted to see. Um, and so from there, we actually did a, a, a redesign and kind of made it more, you know, we still had the complimentary content, but we, we went more video centric and then, you know, everything kind of grew from there. And was this one of the first sites to, to do that, to move to video ahead of content? I think so. At the time, I think so. Um, I know that we were uh, kind of one of the first to say, let's take what's already on linear pay TV uh, and let's, in addition to like Hulu, let's make it available directly from, yeah, you know, the programmer or uh, Disney in this in this case. Uh, so um, that was kind of new, uh, and um, and then you know that's kind of how it it took off. Wow, it sounds like you may could have maybe missed a chance for a patent on that one too. You could add patent on the uh, video <laughs> first a, websites. I think there were a lot. Uh, um, those already probably written. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible, Matt. It's, it's so fun to hear, to hear this. And 
you know, having worked in, in the industry um, from, you know, some of the origins, where do you see it going from here? Where do you see the future of streaming now that we've, you know, it seems like we had channels on the cable box that then had their own websites and then apps that had their own things. And then, you know, some of those broke off into streaming services themselves. So like a Disney broke off into its own. So now we, now we have kind of a fractured marketplace with over probably dozens of streaming, different streaming services with different niches. Um, where do you see OTT streaming? Uh, and that's over the top streaming, the kind of idea of this, streaming platform like a Netflix or a Hulu or, or a Peacock. Uh, where do you see that going, you know, let's call it two to five years and maybe 10 from here. Um, that is a, the million dollar question, <laughs> the billion dollar question, I guess I should say, um, because we're all kind of trying to, trying to figure out what, what, what's going to happen next in this space. Um, what I, what I, you know, can kind of, you can kind of put together from what's already happening is, um, you know, so a lot of the, you know, the major studios um, like NBC Universal and Disney and Paramount um, are kind of, they're using it as, uh, well, Disney's probably doing it a little bit differently, but they're kind of using it as a, an additional window uh, for their content. Hmm. Um, so, you know, you have things that go theatrical um, that's where a lot of the, the, the bang happens. That's where a lot of money is made, obviously. And then you, and then that content flows out of the theater and then to these other, other distribution channels. Um, and where premium networks on a pay TV, like a direct TV or a Comcast or others, um, you know, would, would be like the next air actually would be like it'd be dvd and and um you know the Blu-ray. ability to purchase yeah, yeah blu-ray and then rentals sorry let me yeah those and then rentals and then it would be like okay well what's the next window after that and it would go to these premiums so i think it's kind of a it's another opportunity for the the companies that are producing the content to kind of be able to you know gain value from for that content prior to it then continuing mm. on down the down the supply chain, the supply chain, right? Or the value chain, I guess, um, to where then that asset just continues to, um, you know, make money from the point that it was created. Um, what we're starting to see today is also, you know, what was believed to be that customers wanted maybe was, you know, a la carte, right? Like I only want to pay for what I want to watch, right? Right. But we all know that like, it's very difficult to have like 10 different streaming subscriptions or five different or to even know where anything is. Yeah. So you're starting to see like some of the like Roku and Apple and Fire TV and others start to aggregate that content and make it all discoverable together. And then you, once you find what it is that you want to watch, say on your Apple TV, uh, you click into it and then you go into whatever the services that, you know, you want to watch it on. Um, or is making it available. So you click on it, you can go into Peacock, you click on it, you go into Paramount Plus or Disney Plus. Um, so I think there's still a form of like aggregation that's starting to happen again, um, you know, in order to kind of simplify the process uh, for the consumer. Um, but from there, it's a very good question about like what, what does happen next? Um, is it, we still have a lot of major players 
uh, in this space? Or are there more like Sony's of the world that are basically saying, uh, however anybody wants to fight it out about distributing the content, we're just going to sell it to anybody who wants it, right? Yeah. Uh, they're kind of into the, in the, the, the arms race, I guess you could say. And they're kind of just providing, you know, to whomever wants to come and highest bidder gets their content and can do whatever it is that, you know, with what they will with that. Yeah. And Sony famously had their own platforms and then just gutted them and decided to only become a, a content distributor rather than a platform themselves. Exactly. Interesting, interesting to, to, to touch on, you know, back in the day it was the, the larger cable companies and they would aggregate all the channels it almost feels like in the today world that's happening, but instead of the cable companies, it's maybe the, the device platforms. It's like the, the Roku's, the Apple TV's, the, the fire TV's are almost kind of the new cable companies because they're taking all the content everywhere and making it available in one location. And I, and I, you know, feel that same pain where there, you know, there's a show on you're like, Oh my God, I really would love to see this. And you have no idea where to look for that. And sometimes you even watch a show yourself and you go, okay, was it, was it Netflix? Was it HBO? You know, was it, was it direct TV stream? Was it Peacock? Um, so uh, thank you for, thank you for the a very informed and, and thoughtful, you know, vision into, to what the future might bring. Yeah. I wish, I wish I had more to be able to provide for that. But uh, <laughs> like I said, where there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies out there trying to kind of figure this out, like what the next steps are. But I think there's some, some pretty queer visions um, that are, you know, being executed on right now. That's great. Uh, well, more to come from that. We'll have to, we'll have to keep, keep our eyes open, Matt. Um, in terms of uh, for, for this immediate future uh, for the podcast, we're, we're down to our last question. So uh, as always, we're based in LA and, you know, one of the things we like to learn is about the LA-ness of some of the folks that we, we get to talk to. So, uh, Matt, what is the, uh, the most LA thing that's happened to you? Uh, it's either product related or not. It doesn't have to be. Um, it'll probably not product related specifically more, uh, what people would expect of LA, you know, you know, various interactions with celebrities. And, um, so we had a, uh, we had a golden retriever, uh and we've lived in many different areas of the city so she's been all over the place in the city with us we're you know walking with us or eating in different places with us and things and um i'd say she probably got the most attention from like celebrities that i've been seeing you know just walking down the street would stop by and pet her all the time (laughs) uh like and I don't know who these people like I don't recognize most of these people but my wife is very good at this okay and she'll be like do you know that that was Judd Apatow and his family that just stopped to pet your dog (laughs) or you know I did recommend or I did recognize um I think it was uh Suleiman Fry like I recognize her and she she stopped and and pet so the joke in our family is that we were going to get a t-shirt for the dog to wear and and have a marker so that whomever like you know they could sign (laughs) sign her t-shirt um we never did that but it was pretty funny to like kind of like in different areas you'd be like oh that's you know so and so i was like oh okay cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah pet to the stars matt goldie exactly he's got he's he's got the gold retriever trick yep yeah (laughs) well that that's a great one and a great note to end on um thank you so much again to our guest matt goldie that that was a lot of fun and and you know thank you for for joining us 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciated uh, having the chance to talk to you about this. Oh, this is great. Uh, also wanted to thank our sponsors again. That's PMALA at PMA.LA. And you rue it, URUIT.com. Thank you all for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time on Product in LA.